listener, welcome to another episode of Soccer Not Football. Uh, this is your host, Della. I'm currently out uh, in Ghana in the moment. Um, it's been really good um, so far. Uh, just been enjoying my time and being able to catch up on some of the games that have um, been going on for the past couple of weeks. Um, first of all, shout out to uh, the U.S. for that Mexico win um, in the Nations League final. Um, I was actually asleep through that, but I saw the highlights and it was a great win. And um, that was something that Daniel and Joe um, had covered um, really well. And a shout out to Joe. I promise we'll um, talk more about Aston Villa next season and the rest of the other uh, 14 um, smaller, not smaller, the other 14 teams in the Premier League. Um, but I'm here to talk about the other um, competition, a little bit bigger in Europe going on, uh, Euro 2020, um, even though it's 2021, but I digress. Um, I'm here with a uh, another with a uh, friend of mine um, from England, um, Daniel. Uh, why don't you go and introduce yourself real quick? Hey, I'm Daniel. Uh, I'm an Arsenal fan. Um, yeah, I, I'm hoping that Arsenal is not one of the other 14 smaller clubs you were talking about there, because <laughs> we're we're eighth, but we're not that we're not that small yet. And you got uh, Chelsea didn't beat us this season either, but yeah, I'm, I'm an Arsenal fan. Uh, I'm a music producer as well, uh, and yeah, I'm really enjoying the Euros. So, looking forward to talking about it. Yeah, what's been like your main like takeaways from uh, this competition so far? Main takeaway, I think, is that Italy is not to be played with at all. I think Italy look like a serious, serious team. Three clean sheets, and I think they scored three goals in each competition. I mean, in each uh, match. So I think they can score, they can, and they can really defend. So yeah, it's scary how well they played. That's the main thing I noticed. I kind of wrote them off, but seeing them play, I think they're scary. Yeah, Italy had um, it has a little bit of a comeback going. Um, and uh, Mancini has kind of resurrected this team from when they when they were before. Um, they didn't qualify um, for the World Cup. Um, yeah, that was, that's position. probably part of what pushed them. Yeah, in their lowest position um, in the FIFA rankings, and really, mm. it took a while for them to just um, rebuild and um, come at this tournament um, with a. Uh, to really exercise those demons away. And um, based off these three matches um, that were on the way, they kept a clean sheet um, in each time. Mm, they've I think got their on, source back. Yeah, I think they're on like a 29 unbeaten, 30, nah, 30 second, oh, 32, nice. yeah, unbeaten match run. Wow. Yeah, they got their source back. I'm seeing, I'm liking the kits, I'm liking the gold writing. Um, the subs were. Or the reserve players wear Armani shirts when they're uh, sitting in reserves. So I think all the designers are back, like back in Italy. So I think there's a, a real belief in Italy, and the culture around football is very strong. So I think they could push them 
definitely. Yeah, another strong contender for me has been the Netherlands. Um, they actually came into the tournament a little bit wounded um, without uh, Virgil van Dijk. That's their captain um, for mm. the Netherlands, the, the Liverpool defender. But um, they've been uh, they've been uh, pushing ahead, um, and their attack is one to really watch out for. And that has been that has um, catapulted them, you know. Um, into the top of the top of the rankings, in my opinion, uh, making themselves one of the one of the, one of the real contenders. Um, Would last, um, they do have some key deficiencies. Uh, their defense is a little suspect yeah. at times, especially with the three-two win against Ukraine. Um, yeah, but I mean, but, to be fair, that Yarmolenko goal—I I don't think anyone's stopping that. True. True. Yeah. So. I'll give them the benefit of the doubt there. Yeah, but Wijnaldum and Depay have really invigorated uh, this uh, attack and so has uh, Denzel Dumfries um, making a name for himself as well. And um, yeah, they definitely deserve to be um, topping their group and uh, moving on to the next round. And um that's just about two of the 16 teams who advanced to uh, who had advanced to the second round. Um, we had just finished up the um, group stages. Um, so we have our group stages. Um, so we have our 16 finalists. We have our uh, round 16 matches um, confirmed and we have, um, and we have, um, Italy, Wales, and Switzerland making it out of Group A. Um, Belgium and Denmark, um, Group B. Um, the Netherlands, Austria, and Ukraine making it out of Group C. Um, England, Croatia, and Czech Republic um, moving on to Group D. Uh, Sweden, Spain, Group E. And um, the final group, um, France. Germany and Portugal, um, who have all advanced um, to the final, uh, to the next round, and we just finished up the um, those that final group. Um, France and uh, Portugal played to two two draw, and so did Germany and uh, Hungary. And this group kind of lived up to its hype, don't you think? Yeah, I think. Um... Hungary were definitely like surprising. I think they, they clearly worked really hard on counter counter-attacking football. So I think because they knew like that was the pretty much the only way they were gonna be scoring goals in the game. And you could see every time they went forward, everyone's positioning was right, the passing was smooth and accurate. You know, they really scared teams, I think. I think um France didn't expect to concede. I think the only team they didn't score against was um, Portugal. And they nearly um, did, but, actually. They had the offside yeah. goal. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but I think also because Portugal played two CDMs, it kind of... Um, it, it worked against the counter-attack. But, yeah, Hungary were definitely a surprise. So, I think they still got knocked out, and it makes sense. So, it's accurate. But, yeah, it was definitely... Especially because Hungary performed the way they did. It made the group a lot more exciting because we all thought 
Portugal are going to ball out, France are going to ball out, Germany's going to ball out, fine. But Hungary, raising their game like that, that made it, like, amazing. Mm-hmm. I know there's, like, so many jokes about um, Hungary being, you know, being the poor team who had to be the, like, the, the minnow that all these big yeah. teams are going to smash. And I think that kind of in the invigorated them um had yeah. the, the chip on their shoulder and you know they were a tough um team to play for all three teams they gave them a scare they gave all three teams a scare and yeah. um it was just their determination and having the game plan that they stuck with um and they were close they were they were about six minutes away from um making it to the to the round 16, but um, Germany was able to get out of this funk that they were in that game and um, find some sort of salvation um, in a 2-2 equalizer. Goretzka. Yeah. I think um, those three main teams kind of, it was a really heavyweight battle, and um, those three teams really kind of knocked each other out a little bit, made themselves weaker. And we'll see how, that, of, see how um, that relates of, to the round of 16. Yeah, in terms of um, Germany-Portugal, that was one I was quite surprised by. I was the 4-2, I think, was it 4-2? Mm-hmm. That Germany beat Portugal? Yeah, I think it's because um, Gossens was going down that left-hand side and Portugal just didn't seem to understand what was going on. Like, it happened, I think, early on in the match. I think he was offside or something. And the goal was disallowed. So then right after that, Semedo should have been like, okay, this guy is going to be behind me. I should probably like keep an eye on him. And he just didn't. And it happened twice. And he ended up putting in two crosses for two own goals. And then, yeah. So I think they need to work on like reacting in-game to the team's tactics. Otherwise, who are they playing against? Belgium. That's, that's, right. that's another five. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, that's a tough team for Portugal. Mm-hmm. And then Germany, um, also there's um, they're kind of missing the mark. Um, they had a, a little spark in the Portugal game, uh, which you mentioned. But I um, guess Hungary, they're mm-hmm. really struggling to get some uh, to get some attack going, and their defense yeah. is all of sorts, um, especially. When that when they found their first equalizer and then they conceded right away. Um, yeah, they, that was terrible. Yeah, it had two ups, I, and yeah. immediately knew no one knew where their position was, and it led to an easy goal. Yeah, I think Hungary did that in some way to every team, but I think the way Germany conceded that goal was the most worrying because you don't expect them. I mean, you get scares, but usually defenders make decisions well enough that, you know, these sorts of things don't happen. I'm not sure why Neuer came out like that. And he, they kind of just left him to go in behind, almost like they didn't think he would finish it. Mm-hmm. I don't even know the guy's name that scored. Oh, Schaefer. So, Schaefer, yeah. See, it's... Yeah, it was a strange It was a strange goal to concede. But, yeah, hopefully England can do that to them. Yeah, speaking of England, um, your England has moved on to the tournament. I know um, that's your team. What, what's the hype like um, going into the tournament? 
uh, for this team? Um, I think we we believe they can win because um, we believe that we have the attacking talent. We just haven't seen enough attacking play to satisfy us. So the problem is that we're complaining about not being entertained, you know, but we've got the points on the board. Yeah. And we haven't conceded a goal either. So it's like we kind of have half of what Italy has, but then we don't have what everyone expected us to have, which is that attacking play mm-hmm. that all of these attacking players should be giving us. So, yeah, I'm hoping our attacking play can improve. Yeah, so far, the only attack that you have is from Sterling. And yeah. um, both of those goals were in the... Um, and once um, that goal was secured, um, it was pretty much just like coasting. And that yeah. 0-0 draw against, uh, in, against Scotland was kind of an indictment of some of the issues that... Um, some of the issues that England have been having with with attack, especially towards Harry Kane in particular. Yeah, I think Harry Kane's used to playing with Spurs players, so he doesn't realise that he doesn't have to do as much in this team. And he's not moving as much like a striker as I feel he should, because a lot of the time he's not in the position to score, he's in the position to create, but then no one's in his position to score, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like he drops into midfield and stuff, but Grealish is there. You don't need to do that. And then he'll drift maybe slightly wide, but Sterling is there. Saka's, Saka was there yesterday. He didn't need to do that. I think he just needs to get used to playing in the England team and just focus on scoring goals because everything else is dealt with, really. Not like in Tottenham. So are you fine with the position um, with the players who are like um, having significant minutes on the team? Do you think there should be like a, a, a shakeup, um, switching around? Who do you think should be stacked uh, for the next round? I think Saka needs to start the next match because he's played this game and he's uh, been man of the match. I think this was arguably the second best team in the group, Czech Republic. And he's come on and he's had a performance like that where he's looked to like press the issue. You know, I think what we saw with England was they were just passing the ball around waiting for a gap to open up. But you won't see a gap unless you pass the ball around quickly. So the alternative is you get players like Saka who just run between the lines and then defenders get attracted to them and create space. So I think that's that's what England needs to do in attack. Mm-hmm. So Saka, Saka definitely. Um, yeah, I think a lot of people were crying out for Sancho. Um, but I kind of get why Southgate isn't picking him because he doesn't defend as well. And I saw, I think, I don't know if you saw that interception that Saka made in the box when a player crossed it in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I, I'm thinking if Sancho's on the pitch instead of Saka, Sancho might not have even tracked his runner back that far. And then that match might have been 1-1. You know? And later on in the in the tournament, you can't have players that will attack and not really defend as well. Especially coming up against a team that's going to be playing five at the back, like Germany. 
Right. But I'd say Saka, Saka definitely. Right. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. You know, um, and just looking at the group, um, looking beyond the group, um, there have been like other players who kind of had similar struggles as well. Um, one I can just name off the top, uh, Spain, and um, and having just wasn't able to get their attack going until the final game of the of the match. And just real wasted opportunities from their main striker, um, Morata. And yeah, that's the same old, really. Yeah. <laughs> and now, um, really scoring the opportunity to, you know, uh, top the group and probably get like a more favorable uh, matchup in the round of 16. Yeah, who have they got? Oh, they got Croatia. Um, yeah. yeah, I think Spain, they looked, they were. A bit like England in terms of the build-up, they were passing it around too slowly, you know. And the way teams are, they're so organized that unless you play the ball around quickly, you're not going to pass it through them. You know that's why wingers are so um, important in the modern game because they're quick and they can like create a problem. They can attract players to them and make space. So I think um, Spain definitely needs to pass quicker to get past Croatia and yeah they need to step up their game otherwise I, I think they might be out next yeah and then Croatia um, was able to um, were slowly getting into the game as well um, started off with a loss and then um, was able to get a crucial uh, tie before um, just straight up winning the game um, a lot of contending teams um, coming Coming up, um, any big surprises to you? Looking at this, uh, this looks this list of sixteen teams. Um, I guess Sweden. Um, I don't, I don't know. I think, I guess it makes sense because of the group they were in. But I didn't expect them to make it this far. Who else was in the group? Slovakia and Poland. Yeah, see, I, I expected Poland and Spain to make it through there. But um, Poland didn't even win a game, I don't think. No, no. So, yeah. Um, I think Sweden topped their group. So, yeah. Yeah, so that's, that was surprising. But I've got to say, Alexander Isaac looks insane. <laughs> he looks so good. He hasn't even scored yet, but he just looks like he can make things happen. He, just, he looks like a like a creative striker. So he can head the ball, hold up play, but he can also find a through ball. He can also dribble past players. He looks so complete as a player. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think Sweden's the main surprise for me. I think my main surprise is the Czech Republic. Um, yeah, um, I didn't think they would, um, you know, they perform as well as they did. Um, and, you know, they got the necessary win against Scotland. Um, I feel like they were my biggest disappointment along with Poland. Um, with Scotland? Yeah, Scotland and Poland. Um, I thought they could yeah. go. I thought both of those teams, you know, they had some really good talent and um, just uh, was able to get it going. And uh, yeah, then, I think yeah, then... Um, <laughs> 
what's the word I'm looking for? Then live up to their potential. Yeah, I think Scotland, Scotland was a, a bit disappointing. I think it made sense to me, I guess, looking at the table because you don't expect Scotland to win any of the any of the games against the other three teams. But I was kind of hoping that they would. But I, I don't think they have a, a solid enough midfield to go up against Croatia's midfield. And I don't think they had a solid enough defence to go up against Czech Republic. Or, But then I guess they didn't concede against England. But the emotions were there for that one. So I think it made them play better. But yeah, I think they got really unlucky against Czech Republic. That's when Schick scored that wonder goal, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, I think, yeah, I believe so. That was... Yeah, and they were, yeah, from the halfway line. And they were almost, like, getting back into that game. So I think if that doesn't happen and they score a goal, that game might have might have been different. But, yeah, I think it's it's a disappointing tournament for Scotland. And it's been a definitely like an emotional one for Denmark as well. Um, mm. Starting off their tournament um, on just a really, um, what really could have been a really tragic um, moment um, with Christian mm. Eriksen um, collapsing on the pitch and um, having to be recitated um, on the pitch. Um, yeah, that was yeah. scary. Yeah. Because I actually... Um, I think that was one of the um, two o'clock games and it was really hot. So I kind of, I fell asleep. And then I like, when I woke up, my brother was like, Ericsson's gone down and he's not waking up. I was like, what? What do you mean? Like, I thought he was joking. And then I look at the screen and the Denmark players have, uh, the Danish player had, players had made a wall and like recovering his body. And I was so shocked, even as an Arsenal fan, I was so scared because I like, I appreciate him as a footballer in terms of what he can do. And at least now he's at Inter, so he's not doing it for Spurs, but he was like, I just loved watching him play. So I was kind of, I was scared. I was like, almost like welling up in, in like with tears thinking, am I about to watch someone die? Like playing football? Like out, like from a cardiac, a uh, uh, card, cardiac disease, or like, yeah, like it, it was, it was so scary, man. Especially like of all, like the people have a heart problem, a footballer. I mean, well, yeah, he's gonna have like a, a heart starter. I think mm-hmm. they said. Yeah. So if he do, if it happens again, he can be resuscitated. I think Daily Blint has one. Uh, the Netherlands centre-back or left-back, he has one. So he's been playing with one. I think even this season, apparently, it it worked for him and it saved his life. So it's amazing what technology can do now. Yeah. It's too early to speculate um, what his future uh, could be um, playing-wise, professionally. Um, But Mm. in the day, he is alive and um, he is able to cheer his Denmark t- uh, play teammates on. And yeah. um, they were able um, to really get out that emotional moment and um, th- and be able to qualify uh, for this um, for this round. 
Um, yeah. Winning I think their that match- last game of the season. Winning, winning their last game against um, Russia, uh, being fueled by the team, being fueled by yeah. uh, the crowd. Yeah, very convincingly. That was such a good game. Mm-hmm. And it, like, it kind of made me realize how much we've missed fans in the stadium. Because mm-hmm. the noise when they scored, like, it was usually added artificially. But the noise when they scored there was like, I got goosebumps, man. It was so loud. I love that. Can't wait to have fans back in the stadium again. Yeah. Yeah, it was a real comeback. Um, it was real, a, a real fairy tale comeback. Um, yeah. Just some things I wanted to just clarify. Um, if you do, um, if you have the opportunity to learn CPR, um, please do. Because yeah. about the quick thinking of the referee, the quick um, actions of his teammates, and most importantly, the medical staff. Um, definitely the medical staff. Uh, this could have had a very tragic outcome. And it was really just shocking that, you know, those same players um, had to go back and finish out that game. Yeah, that was shocking. And I was surprised when I saw that. Yeah. I thought at least wait like a different day and play the game. But, oh. And I don't know if you heard that um, one of the um, players from Denmark, um, his father, uh, Kasper Schmeichel, his uh, father, Peter Schmeichel, um, also a Denmark mm-hmm. player, stated that, you know, um, UEFA gave him three options, play today, play tomorrow, or, for, or forfeit. And mm. I think that's just a great reminder that FIFA sucks. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but I mean, to be fair, it's like, you know, I guess forfeit would have been for them just to not, play the rest of the tournament, which would have been understandable. I don't think it's like... I think those are the only three options they had anyway, like, realistically speaking, I think. Um, And I think uh, they just chose to finish the game that day for Ericsson, Mm -hmm. you know? So I think they went to do it for him, but I think it's... it, It strikes me as a bit cold, the way they just said okay, you can do this, this, or this. Mm-hmm. So I think there should have, yeah, there should have been a bit more emotional intelligence applied in terms of, like, how they spoke to the Danish team. But, yeah, I think those are the only three options they had anyway. No, it just, it just makes me think about the next, next year, you know, um, in the... In the 2020 2022 World Cup, you know, it's gonna be yeah. in really hot temperatures. And yeah. it's really thinking about a lot of games that we put in that we've been putting these players on for the past, you know, year and a half. And just yeah. recognizing that they're humans too. And um, you know, the regular people too. And they can and what's the point it's gonna take to how much are we gonna overwork them? Um, until, you know, knock on wood, something like that happens again. Mm. Yeah, because, yeah, Qatar. Um, I think they they don't even allow female officials in Qatar. Mm-hmm. I think I, saw, I think I read something about that and people were complaining. Yeah, that's just one of the many things um, that has been going wrong with this yeah. 
this World Cup, but because it's not even like a footballing country, if you know what I mean. Like that, I feel like usually the country participating, the country hosting is participating in some way, or at least that that's what I'm used to seeing. So Qatar is kind of like a an unexpected. Um, winner of the is it it's usually a raffle isn't it or do they bid for it or something it was a bid and um fifa would fill on it but okay so money um, qatar you know bribed them and then that's how they won it um it wasn't anything ethical or anything like that but um this is where we are right now and with a year to go um you know it's not going to be i doubt there'll be any uh, significant changes. This is what we're going to do. And we just have to prepare and yeah. try to make it, um, you know, try to have a World Cup under these circumstances. Um, mm. But yeah, um, we have our first round 16 matchup um, on the 27th. And that will be Belgium and Portugal. Who you got for this game? Oh, no. Um, Wales, Denmark is on the 26th. Oh, never mind. I'm slipping. Um, Yes, Wales, Denmark, the twenty-six. That's our first match. Um, who you? Yeah. Who you got for this game? I think Denmark. They just look more organized, and there's more quality in that team. I don't see Wales doing much. Wales have a lot of championship players, I think. They, they um, got they got Bale though. Yeah, they got Bale and Ramsey. Bale missed the penalty, and I think he missed a a one-on-one as well. Mm-hmm. But he's he's. He's got some assists, you know. You never know when he could he could switch on. But I feel like Denmark, um, I think Denmark have more synergy as a team. You know, there's just more quality. Yeah. Uh, I, I like I don't know who, in terms of fullbacks, how Wales are going to be dangerous. But I know Denmark have uh, Meyer. Mm-hmm. I think his name is. He's right-footed, playing on the left side. Mm-hmm. A bit like Spinazzola. Yeah, and then now they have um, Damsgaard as well, who scored that banger mm-hmm. in that game. Uh, they got Paulson and Braithwaite up front. Yeah. And, and Christensen. work well together. Christensen at the back, he scored a banger as well that game. So, yeah, I think there's just more quality in the Denmark team. I think they're going to outplay uh, Wales. Mm. Uh, maybe Wales will score, I think, from like a moment of magic between Ramsey and Bale. But... I think Denmark as a whole are a better team. I think they'll win that. Yeah. And then right after that, we have the Italy and Austria match. Um, you know, I don't see Italy um, uh, blowing this. Um, yeah. They've been on a tear. And I think that will continue on to the quarterfinals. Yeah, I, I think Italy is pretty much brushing Austria aside. But you never know. Mm-hmm. But I, I feel like the especially the way they do it it's not like it, there's nothing lucky about the way they've been winning games you know it's like a clear approach and clear results 3-0 consistently that's like impressive yeah. so I think they're brushing Austria aside there yeah and then uh, on the 27 we have the Netherlands and the Czech Republic um, I think you know uh, the Netherlands attack will kind of overpower uh, the Czech Republic. Um, 
to to move on and then we also have belgium and portugal um right after um that's gonna be a tough one um but i think that, that might be the end of the road for the defending champions yeah i think i think lukaku versus pepe will be very interesting because mm-hmm. i think pepe is a very experienced center back you know he knows how to deal with strikers but Lukaku is someone that you just might not be able to deal with whatever you do so like he can be Pepe can be very like aggressive he can be like he's a master of the dark arts I guess you know like so he can use like trickery and like try to annoy the striker to get them off the their goal but yeah I think Belgium are winning and I think Lukaku is playing a very important role in that win. All right, then Ronaldo, have, you never know. Yeah. Ronaldo just um, equaled the all-time men's international goal-scoring record. Yeah. yeah. That's very impressive. I think for the women, is it Marta that has it? I, or, I believe it's Marta. No, I think that might be yeah. Andy Wambach, if I'm being honest. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, the U.S. women's team's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're, like, they do bits. Because I think the women's um, soccer league in the U.S. is quite well-invested and well-developed. So they all come from there. Yeah. And then yeah, also, um, um, we got Croatia and Spain. Yeah. I think I'm going to go with Croatia with this one. Uh, I think they have um, uh, they have some good momentum going on, and um, I feel, you know, with Saint, with Spain's uh, deficiencies, um, I think they'll be able to exploit that a little bit more, especially the yeah. Comorata in goal. Yeah, I don't, I don't think Spain just don't look scary to me. Like they look slow. You know, maybe they should try playing a Dama Traore just to have like an out ball of some sort, like to have something that could throw a spanner in the works of like the opposition defense in some way, because they just look quite slow. Today they, they won five nil, right? Yeah. Yeah. So that's impressive, but I, I don't see that happening again, especially with Morata and strike. I just, it's not, he wants, Morata wants to be Ronaldo so badly, but he's just not, He's not the same kind of guy. He's not that guy. Um, I think that's even why he has number seven. But he's just... He's like... I don't know. He's just not the guy. He's He wants to be. He wants to be Spain's main threat, main attack. But he's not... He doesn't finish his chances when they come to him. Uh, he just... I don't know. That one goal he scored um, from Moreno's shot, I think, when he tapped it in, that was good. That looked intelligent, you know. But then I look back at when the ball just fortuitously bounced into his path and he couldn't bend it into the far corner. And then he did it again somewhere else. Mm -hmm. And then there was a rebound from a penalty and he missed. And you just think... Like someone must have cursed him because you don't miss like that. 
frequently. Like, and not, uh, I don't know. As someone, yeah, who, Croatia. as someone who has seen him try to become the guy at Chelsea, um, this isn't AD. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, I think he actually missed the penalty uh, in today's game as well. And Wow. Yeah, he needs to get out of this funk if he wants his country to go far in this tournament. Because, I don't think it's a funk. I think it's just him. Yeah. Because he's been doing this. You you said just now for Chelsea, he's been doing this. This is him. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's why I'm going with Croatia. And then we have Spain and Switzerland. Um, oh, France, Switzerland. I mean, France and Switzerland. Yeah, that's... I think we all know. Yeah. I'm going to have to go with France with this one. Um, Switzerland yeah. surprised me, but yeah. Yeah, I don't. I don't think Switzerland have it in them to surprise um, France. I think France are too like. Even if they go a goal down, you can tell they have the mentality to be like, okay, now you're not scoring again. One, two, we're about to like go into like the highest gear possible to end this game. So I, I don't think. Switzerland's doing anything wrong. I think France is running away with it. And then um, Sweden and Ukraine. Um, That's interesting. Yeah. Um, um, I want to say Sweden, but um, Ukraine could surprise some people. Yeah, I think Ukraine are watching them play, they look very technically gifted. Like a lot of technically gifted players that I didn't quite know about because they play in a Russian league um, or like they're just about to break into, they're just about to become like household names. Um, like I think Shaparenko I heard about a bit, but um, most of the others I hadn't. I think I know Yarmolenko because he plays for West Ham or played, I'm not sure if he's still there, but I know him. I know Zinchenko because he plays for City and he's playing in midfield. A very intelligent player. So I think, yeah, Ukraine have a good team. I think they have more quality than Sweden. I think I'm going to say Ukraine just because I want Arsenal to sign Isaac. So if Sweden get knocked out, <laughs> then Isaac can go and start his preseason with Arsenal. All right. And then the final game, uh, England and Germany. Uh, both teams not wholly convincing in their throughout their group stage matches and um, this is going to be the I believe this is going to be the like match of, of the round of 16 um, mm. I'm going to go with Germany with this one mm. uh, I'm going to go with England <clears throat> I don't think you can play five at the back against England and expect to win because England's literally have probably the best fullbacks in the tournament. So you're not, like, if you're playing five at the back, Gossens isn't getting past Kyle Walker or Reese James. And who's on the other side? Um, who's, the, who's their right back? Kimmich? Right back. Yeah, Kimmich isn't... Yeah, Kimmich. Yeah, I think Kimmich, he kind of plays a bit more inverted. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think 
the reason England haven't been that good in terms of attacking is that most of the teams that we've played against have been sitting back against us. You know, and I think because of the way Germany are going to take the game to England, playing with five at the back, I just see England taking that game by the scruff of the neck and like attacking properly, especially if we play Saka, you know, because then he can defend well uh, and then he can keep Gosens from getting forward as well because Gosens always is going to be thinking, I can't leave this guy behind me, you know. Um, yeah, and Saka's beat Rudiger twice this season as well. Mm-hmm. So I think, yeah, I think it's, it's, I think England have more of a chance than it looks because they haven't played very entertaining football, but they can definitely switch that on because they have the talent there to do it. Right. Okay. All right. So before we hop out of here, um, I would say what would be your, um, who you think will be rocking away with it all? Who will be holding the, 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 the trophy at the end of the day? Uh, I think it's coming home. <laughs> I think England will home. win. Yeah. All right. I, think, I would yeah, say. I think, yeah. Oh, go ahead. I think England can beat anyone if they play well enough. And if a team's attacking you and you have teams like players like Sterling, players that could come off the bench like Rashford, Saka, Sancho, I think you've always got a chance. So I'm going to say I'm being biased, but still, England's. I'm going to go with Belgium with this one. Mm. Yeah, I think they got a, a complete team. Um, Bruyne has been on a tear. Lukaku has been on a tear. And mm. this is, if you think about this, just kind of like this gen, like this this core team's kind of last rodeo into a. Yeah. Um, so I think they're going to go all out, um, pushing for that title and like recompleting that momentum that they had. Um, you know, for a team that's been um, near the top of the uh, FIFA rankings, um, third place in the World Cup. Um, mm. I think uh, a Euro Championship would be like the crown jewel. I think that's, I think that's definitely that. I think that's what they're definitely going to be chasing um, this yeah. tournament. Yeah, I can see Belgium winning. I think it's possible. Um, I think they're very highly motivated. They have a solid, solid team. You know, they know how to score goals. They know how to defend. They know how to manage um, a lead in a game. So, yeah, I can see Belgium doing that. But I'm still saying England. All right. Well, thank you so much, Daniel, for uh, hopping on. I really appreciate it. Now, please get out of here with your Arsenal agenda. <laughs> <laughs> I'm tired of it. This is a Chelsea podcast only. I've, I've got N'Golo Kante as my background. Look. Yeah, I see so, it. Yeah. So at least it's not, I knew, I, I had to bring him there just to make sure it's not too hostile. So you could at least see some Chelsea. <laughs> just come here as an Arsenal fan. It's always going to be hostile. Yeah, I appreciate it. And, you know, I really hope uh, y'all um, find some relevance next season. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> and, 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 um, Saka is a good player. I will I will give you that. Okay. Thank you. Yeah.
All right. Take care and have a good night, man. Right, you too, man. See you. So that um, was Daniel. Um, thank you again for uh, hopping on the podcast and uh, talking a little bit about uh, the your competition with me. And um, I wanted to just take some time uh, to really um, talk about um, my time in uh, England, my time in London, and specifically um, how my time um, um, going to uh, Stamford Bridge, which is Chelsea Stadium, the day of the Champions League final. Um, if you do not remember, Chelsea won uh, that that game. And um, I just want to take you um, through that day, um, going around town, um, how the hype was um, before the match. Um, you know, uh, interviewing some of the people around uh, the area, uh, a lot of dedicated Chelsea fans, and just really dedicating that time um, to uh, hear their stories. Uh, I asked them a few questions um, about, you know, how long they've been a fan, how long, um, when did they become a Chelsea fan, um, thoughts on Pulisic, thoughts on Warner, thoughts on the team, um, and, you know, the thoughts on the how this game will go. And um, and most of them were right. And all I can say was that um, going to the, back to the stadium at the end of the game, um, it was insane, honestly insane. And, you know, um, I'll just leave it to um, these people who uh, graciously um, had, um, answered my questions and um, really learned a lot. So enjoy. So what was your name again, sir? Garfield. Garfield. How long have you been a Chelsea fan again? Since 1961. Uh, what has been your favorite memory of Chelsea? Well, I will tell you about my first memory. Mm-hmm. It was against a team called... Uh, was it uh, Portsmouth or whatever in the FA Cup? Mm-hmm. We won 5-2. And I cut out all the pictures mm. of the goals. Mm. Because in those days, they didn't have television matches. And they didn't even have replay matches. So my only impression of the match was these pictures from the newspaper. And I cut them out and put them in my Chelsea uh, scrapbook at the age of six or seven or something like that. And that's a, a memory that has lasted more than most memories. But uh, my fondest memory, I suppose, was when we won the FA Cup all those years against Leeds in mm. the replay. Because Chelsea always came fourth, fifth, sixth or seventh. They never won anything mm-hmm. for most of my life. And then when I was, and then I was born in the same year they won the, the league the first time. Mm-hmm. So when they won the league again, oh, oh. <laughs> I saw it in my lifetime. And so too many memories to put as fondest, but the first memory was that scrapbook. Mm-hmm. How does it feel um, like growing up and, you know, Chelsea, you know, not being able to go over the hump and now uh, fast forward to all the success that we've seen in the past couple of decades? First of all, I was in Jamaica at the time uh, Abramovich came in and I said, 
oh, I'm not too happy about that, buying the team. I didn't like Bates, the pre previous chairman, because he was a, to me, he was a crook, a businessman, and using Chelsea for his monetary gain purposes. But when Abramovich came in, and then Chelsea started winning anything, it was kind of hollow. Mm -hmm. Being an honest person, because it was a, a board pitch success. And uh, my biggest disappointment is no manager can can grow up old enough to be able to walk. They always seem to go as babies. <laughs> they don't last more than two years or three years. And my biggest disappointment was Lampard taking the the uh, managership. I wish he hadn't. You think it was it was too soon for him? Absolutely. Go up first. Because he's got a bad record against his name now. Mm -hmm. And it will damage an early career. It's like being blighted at youth, you know, polio, bad legs, and you'll be walking with a limp for the rest of your life. That could possibly happen to him. Mm -hmm. And he's a good manager. Well, at least he's got tactics because his team came, came fourth in the league this year. It's his team. Mm -hmm. It is his team. Not too Mm -hmm. But Tuchel knew what to do with it, mm -hmm. and that is a, must be very hurtful for him. Mm -hmm. How do you feel about uh, the American on the team, Christian Pulisic? Absolutely brilliant, brilliant. But then there are so many brilliant players, and they just play in big roles. Mm -hmm. Too many players to be able to play in an eleven-a-side football team. So you won't get the optimum value out of most of them because they're only coming on in. Uh, Park performances and only one or two players are are placed in the role and kept there. Like, but I prefer the the only one that I really reckon should be there is Kante. Okay. I mean, they they glorify Mount, but he's too young to be to be glorified. I won't say anymore. Mm -hmm. So my last question, um, it was, how confident are you for today's uh game? Very difficult because Man City is dying for this victory. Mm -hmm. And they have a, a technical superior team. Mm -hmm. So I cannot answer that. <laughs> I would like them to win, obviously. Mm -hmm. But being a realist, it's too hard to call. Mm -hmm. And if I, was a, if I was a lay person standing on the side, my gut feeling would be Manchester City. But I'm so right. I hope it is Chelsea, but I'm not going to stick my neck out with all confidence because I'm not. All right, thank you. All right, so what's your name? Ryan. Ryan, how long have you been a Chelsea fan? Since I was about seven, so what, 15 years? 14, wow. 15 years? What was your favorite memory of Chelsea? Oh, definitely 2012, Champions League in the other. How confident are you in uh, thinking that we can come out with the win today? Mason Mount Masterclass, 100%. <laughs> 100%. 100%. All right. Thank you. So, uh, what are your names? My name's Chet. I'm Felix. All right. And how long have y'all been Chelsea fans? Hold on. Okay. What was, <laughs> what was your favorite memory? Uh, what was your favorite Chelsea memory? All right. All right. What was your favorite moment from that final? Um, oh. 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 Oh.
Probably the final penalty because it was the one that was less stressed and more like standing. All right. Um, how do you feel about the American on the team, Christian Pulisic? Oh, I love Pulisic. Yeah. He's going to blossom, man. When, when, when he's warmed his legs up, he'll be even more. He was sick of all injured. We all saw it at the end of last season. He was top class. He was top class. Mm-hmm. And then, um, who is your top five on the current team right now? Mason. Uh, Mason Mount, number one. Uh, Mendes. Angelo Kante, number two. Angelo Kante. Mendes. Aspilicueta's in the top five. Aspilicueta. Uh, I, 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 love, I love a bit of Rudy Gerrard at the moment. Rhys James. That's because he's English, though. Maybe, maybe. I love all of that. So, Chelsea win today. Who takes the most credit? Tuchel or Lampard? Tuchel. Tuchel. 100%. But we love Lampard. We love Lampard. He did his job. He wouldn't have taken us this far. We don't next level. Alright, so my last question. How confident are y'all in today's game? Oh, uh, I'm telling you, it's also the coin. I'm nervous to stress that. It's, it's, it's a Champions League final, anything can happen. Yeah, anything can happen in Champions League. But, you know, we've got, we've got more spirit than them, so. Whoever wants it more, we'll take it. Thank you. Alright, thank y'all. Alright, so uh, what's your name? Second. Second. So, how long have you been a Chelsea fan? I'll be in interview, mate. Uh, sorry? How long have you been a Chelsea fan? Uh, 22 years, mate. 22 years, wow. Um, what is your favourite Chelsea memory? Chelsea memory? Mm-hmm. I'll tell you what my favourite Chelsea memory is. Okay. Is that when we stop, I'll stop them top and cunts when they leave. You know when Azza put that ball in there? Yeah. Oh, I loved it, mate. Honestly. Mm-hmm. Best moment. Alright. Um, have you been to any of the games here before? Oh, yeah, I've got a season ticket. Oh, okay, okay. What was the last game you've been to? Uh, it was actually the FA Cup final against Leicester. But we won't talk about that, will we? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Put that in the bin. Um, who is your top five players in the current squad right now? Uh, Speed Aqua. Tommy. 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 All right. How do you feel about the American on the team, Christian Pulisic? Yeah, 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 so like Alright, so what's your favorite Chelsea memory? Easy! Something we're gonna recreate today. Let's All go! Right. DDA Trumpa, penalty, last kick of the ball against Bayern Munich to win the Champions League. Mason Mount's gonna do the same thing. Let's go. Alright, love to hear. Who's your top five in the squad right now? Oh. Actually, that might not be that hard to be fair. Uh, Mason, Pulisic uh, overall, obviously, right now, he's, he's always been down the Thiago Silva. Rudiger has my heart at the moment. And ooh, who's the fifth one? Mendy. Alright, so if we win today, who takes more credit for this win? Tupel or Lampard? Easy Tupel. I love Lampard. And he knows I love him. Yeah, we'll get to that. But, um, bro, Thomas Tupel came in. Did you see the video of him walking into the stadium for the first time? I saw that. Yeah, I mean, 
Alright, last question for you. How confident are you in today's game? No, no, no. No, no, no. I have, I have accepted the fact that we may most likely win. Which, by the way, when we win, it's going to make the win even more sweet. I'll see you at the victory parade. Yeah. Alright, alright. So, what are your names? Kofi. So, how long have y'all been Chelsea fans? All right. So, what has been your favorite Chelsea memory? All right, all right. Who is in your top five in the squad in your current squad right now? All right, so speaking of Pulisic, how how do you feel uh, about him on the team? How do you feel about Warner on the team? Um, He's a really good player. And every time he thinks he's playing against Mm-hmm. All right, so last question. How confident are you in today's game? Uh, 2-0. 2-0. Yeah. Exactly. All right, see so you at the victory parade. All right, it. So what's your name? Tyrone. Tyrone, all right. How long have you been a Chelsea fan? All my life, all my life. All right. What's your best Chelsea memory that doesn't include 2012? My first Chelsea memory? Probably when... Oh, when Alex hit that free kick. Okay. I think it's against Arsenal. Oh, no, 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 no. Essie and Arsenal. Essie and Arsenal, fam. Arsenal, fam? No, Essie and against Arsenal. Oh, oh okay. Okay, wow. All right. How do you feel about Werner? I think he's good. Just give him till next season and he'll click. And he'll right. be, be fucking new drop All right. Who's your top five on the team right now? Top five on the team right now? Uh, Mason Mount. Uh-huh. Kante. Uh, I'll go Thiago Silva, Edu Mendy, and I'll go Rudiger. All right. If we win, who takes more credit? Who takes more credit for the win? Lampard or Tuchel? They've both done good enough, but I think Tuchel, because he's had the harder games. All right, all right. Uh, how do you feel about Christian Pulisic, the American? I think he's good. Give him time. He's still young. And he'll be good. All right, last question. How confident are you for today's game? 100%. 100%. If I weren't confident, I wouldn't be here. All right. All right. Thank you so much. Well, um, really appreciate, uh, again, all those people who interviewed me. And I also had the opportunity um, when I was in Ghana to go to a Accra uh, Hearts of Oak game. Uh, for those who don't know what Accra Hearts of Oak is, um, they're one of the main teams um, in the Ghana Premier League. Um, there are about uh, 20 teams uh, all around Ghana, and uh, they're currently near the end of their season. Um, the game that I went um, was a home game against another uh, contender um, 
who was third in the third in the league right now. And um, just coming off another big uh, win against uh, against a, t- a rival, um, they played um, Medina, um, which is up, uh, uh, which they play, which they play um, in Northern Ghana, and it was a a, a big matchup, and uh, I got to interview some of the people in the crowd. Um, yes, there was a crowd there and um, got to hear some of their thoughts on halftime and on the on the final, um, after the final whistle. So um, again, enjoy. Any halftime thoughts? Do you have any thoughts on the game so far? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ash is playing well. You think Hearts are playing well? Yeah, yeah, playing well. Only two need to push forward, that's all. Push forward and they'll just take care of this game. Alright, thank you. Well, the game is okay, but... Uh, 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 I think it's lucky something. Lucky something? Yeah, because most... Most of the most of the, uh, the, uh, the, uh, the uh, most of the balls. He always found Bonson. Uh, what do you think the team needs to do uh, to close it in the second half? We uh, ask me to avoid any any fouls mm-hmm. around the eight yard box because they are our flags are not good. Okay. Uh, so we, 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 uh, Okay, okay. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. All right, that, that takes us to the top. Uh, do you think we're gonna think we're gonna win the league? All right. All right. Thank you. After footing, scoring up gradually. But one thing that has to do with officiating, we have to really watch this official. They are destroying the beauty of the game. We can't come and pay money and watch this referee destroy the game. We need to be talking real bad. Okay, we're still on top of the league. You think uh, Arthur Zoga is going to finish it off by the end of the season? Yes, definitely. How the fuck is going to win this game? All right. All right. Thank you. And that is all the time I have for you today. Um, thank you so much for listening. Um, this is Della. I'll be back hopefully soon with Daniel. And uh, we'll be reporting on some of the U.S. matches coming up. Um, and the beginning of preseason and and um, the um Olympics for the women's national team. So a lot coming up and hope you stay tuned and take care y'all.